This is the Houston Coaches Podcast, where we honor the legacy of Houston area football and promote growth within the coaching profession through conversations with the greatest Houston area coaches of the past, present, and future. Brought to you by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Welcome to the Houston Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Gomez, and we're back with another episode in the hopes that we can use the wisdom and experiences of past and present Houston area coaches to help guide those of us who are now charged with leading programs of our own and are navigating through the rapidly changing landscape of high school football, as well as to leave a blueprint of success for those future campus and district leaders who are in the early stages of their journey. Our guest today is from another great school district on the northwest side of town, Coach Dave Handel of the Tomball Cougars. Thanks for sharing your time with us today, Coach. It's an honor to have you. Appreciate you having me, Coach Gomez. All right. So uh, just first off, if you don't mind, Coach, uh, please give us a brief rundown of your playing coaching career. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm a Dallas guy, born and raised in Dallas, went to Lake Highlands High School, which is in Richardson ISD, which is a little north uh, of downtown. Um, played football, played baseball at, at Lake Highlands. Um, then went out and, and went to Texas A&M, got my degree there, and then uh, – as soon as I graduated from a and I got into coaching um, and actually started coaching for one of my um, former high school coaches, Coach Jim Ledford at, at Berkner High School. Okay. Um, was fortunate to start my career there, stayed at, stayed at Berkner uh, as an assistant and as a defensive coordinator there for 13 years. Uh, and then 2013, I moved the whole family down to Houston for my first head coaching job at, at Galena Park High School. Okay. Uh, Vince Sebo hired was the AD at the time yep. at, at Galena Park, um, and, and hired me. And I stayed there for four years till 2017. And actually, the year prior to that, 2016, Coach Sebo got the AD job in Tomball. Mm-hmm. And so in 2017, he um, he gave me a call and asked me if I'd be interested in, in coming to Tomball as a coordinator and. Uh, working for for Kevin Flanagan, who he had just hired for uh, as the head coach of Tomball, and so uh, long story short, with that, met with Coach Flanagan. Looked uh, really was, was going to be a, a great move for for my kids and, and my family. So we went ahead and made the move, and um, been at Tomball since 2017. And uh, last year, when Coach Flanagan got the athletic director job uh, of the district, they. I got promoted into the head coach role. Okay. Very nice. What year did you graduate from Lake Highlands? So uh, 1993. So wishbone, all that good stuff. Coach Mike Safudo was our head coach and, and really had some good years at Lake Highlands yeah. uh, playing, playing for those guys. That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm class of, I'm class of 98 from high school. And yeah, I, I went to A&M as well. I, you know, I was in the Corps of Cadets and, it, it oh, just, really? just happened that, you know, I, I was I was in the core with seven guys that all graduated from Lake Highlands. Most of them played football. Uh, and so I, I got to hear about Lake Highlands a lot <laughs> during, <laughs> during my, you know, and, and the, you know, their offense. And I mean, I, I just I, I got I got all of this. And so, yeah, Lake Highlands always kind of makes me smile because I, I said that there was there was a bunch of guys that, I, that I'm really good friends with still that graduated from there. So, OK, uh, who 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 were um, or actually right. really, when did you graduate from, from A&M? Uh, I graduated from AM in, well, class of 02 and, and graduated in 04. Okay, uh, I got you. So yeah, so we're uh, a little, little, bit, little bit younger. Um, yeah, what, what outfit were you in? Uh, E2. 
Okay. Well, see, I was in H1. Okay. And I then, so that. I graduated, I was a class of 97 and then graduated in 98. Okay. Um, so like Brett Sawyer was a little younger than me. Yes. And, um, and he, he, he actually worked with me at, at, at Berkner forever. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, he went on to be, a, he was a head coach at Sweeney for a while. Correct. Yeah. 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 Brett, Brett and I are, are, are good buddies. And uh, so he was a freshman at Lake Highlands when I was a senior and I actually graduated with his middle brother, Blake. Okay. From Lake Highlands, um, who actually was in the core as well. They're, they both were in uh, L1, I believe. Awesome. Um, but man, great small world. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you graduate with, or were you, some, was there Graham? I can't think of his first name, but Kyle Graham, Kyle Graham. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Was, he, he was, he, we graduated from Lake Highlands together yes. and actually he lived across the hall from me when, uh, you know, when he kept Reveille as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so his, uh, yeah, his younger brother was my age, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but no, they're a great family, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle, Kyle's a good dude. And yeah, obviously his dad was, you know, super Aggie and all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great influence. Great mentor for a lot of us. Yeah, no doubt. Rocket Rick. Heck yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, well, good. Yeah. As I said, that's, that's a, it's a great, I, I didn't realize, you know, that, that, that connection was there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so tell me, you know, as, as you, you know, you kind of reflect on your career. So who would you say was one of your, your mentors, you know, throughout, uh, as, as far as the coaching is concerned? Yeah. So, uh, Jim Ledford, who, who was my head coach, my first head coach to work for. And, um, he was actually my seventh grade football coach at Lake Island junior high. And we just gradually worked our, our ourselves through, through the ranks when, when I went to high school, um, he got moved up to the varsity staff at Lake Highlands and actually coached, you know, he was an offensive guy. I was a defensive guy, but still we, we just had that connection from day one. And he's the reason that I wanted to get into coaching and just cause the, the impact that he, he made on me and just uh, not only me, but it just, just saw the things that, that he did for all, all of, all of my buddies that played at Lake Highlands and still to this day that, that we, you know, we keep up with them. And, and he was just such a, such a big influence for me and a lot of people. Yeah. That, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. It, it's, that, I love that question because everybody, you know, nobody, nobody that stays in coaching made it, you know, without having mentorship, you know, all, all along our, our journey. So, you know, there's always so many different ones you can choose, but. Uh, oh Yeah. And it was such a unique deal with him because I played for him and then, then you start working for somebody and you, you know, you should start really getting to know him. And I mean, he, he was, he was the dude that just, he was the first one there, regardless of if it was September or April, you know, he's a five thirty AM guy. And then mm-hmm. always the last to leave and just being able to see, you know, that side of it and just learning so much about life and, and you know, making an impact in kids' lives. And, um, you know, I, I was just very fortunate to, to have him in my, in my life for sure. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, so now as, as the head coach now, if, if there's somebody on your staff that you think has a potential to be a head coach one day, how do you, how do you help that person grow as a coach to, to try to prepare them to, to take that step? Yeah, and you know, and you can relate to this, coach. That there, there's not a book, you know, when you get your mm-hmm. first job to, that <laughs> yeah. you can relate to, man. It's and um, you know, I know just just like I do, and you probably did. I mean, I, I would call Coach Lefford probably every day for the first 
you know, <laughs> 60 days of my job. Like, hey, man, oh, what yeah. do I do here? You know, um, but yeah, I, you know, fortunately, I, I'm surrounded uh, on my staff with, with some some really good coaches and really good people um, that will be head coaches in the future, uh, hopefully later than, than sooner. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, my role is to put them in is as many situations as possible where, where they can learn and they can see as much of the day to day operations that they can. So when, when they do get that opportunity that they're, you know, I don't think you're ever prepared for it, fully no. prepared for it, but <laughs> no, not at all. I, I think, you know, I try to put them in situations where they're as prepared as, as much as possible, you know, um, mm -hmm. just there, there's so much that goes into this, as you know, that, um, you know, from UIL stuff to dealing with parents, to dealing with other sports and just put them in, in those opportunities to, to let them develop and grow. I, I think it's a big part of, of what, what my job is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard, you know, this, this past weekend at coaching school, you know, Matt rule made, I, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but he said something like, I'm not a football coach anymore. I'm a head coach. You know, it, he, he made a statement you know, along those lines where, you know, it really resonated that, you know, that, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get to this point, you know, because we had success, you know, doing the, you know, the individual drills, the coordinators, the whatever, sure you know, football stuff, but then you get in this position and, and football is a small percentage of, of what your job actually entails. And so oh, yeah, that's it, what, you know, a lot of people I've talked to said that they struggle with that part of, you know, the football, oh, part, yeah, we can you know, run a practice, we can, you know, do, you know, game plan, all that stuff we can do because we've been doing it. It's the other stuff that really trips people up. Yeah. And, and it's funny. So I had an opportunity um, when I was at Galena Park, John Kay was the head coach at, at North shore mm -hmm. and, I mean, just a great dude and a great resource yeah. and, and, and a guy that was really, really, I mean, I looked up as, I mean, he was a mentor to me as well. Um, and I would try to pick his brain about stuff. And I got the opportunity to sit down with him this weekend and just, Hey man, you know, how do you like it? And he goes, I'm five back to coaching football. <laughs> and, and you can relate to that, man. And, you know, yes. it's, it's so that that's so such a small percentage now of our job is coaching football and, and, um, you know, it's all the other things that, you know, all these these guys that want to be head coaches don't realize till you till you get that job. Like, hey, man, it's there's other, there's a lot more things that go into it than, yeah. than just coaching football. And, um, you know, that's why it's so important that you got to surround yourself with with such a good staff to, to be right. able to to take on a majority of that role. Yeah, people that you can trust to, to hand over some of that those football things and say, hey, yeah, I, and, and it's hard to do. To I mean, you, it's you hard to do because that's what you love, and when that that's that's a big part of how you got this job because you've had some success doing a lot of that. And, and, but, uh, but that's, that's how it is. That's how yeah. it is for sure. So, and, and I've always thought, you know, I, 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 I love this role. I really enjoy, you know, I, I feel you can feel the difference that you're making, you know, almost on a day-to-day -day basis. But, but I've always thought if I ever had to go back and be a, a position coach coordinator again, that, you know, I, I think I, it would give me just such a, you know, a fresh, it'd be a fresh start. You know, it'd give me such a different viewpoint of what it takes and what's important and, and what I need to do to help the head coach. You know, I mean, all those things. I feel like I would like, you know, if I, if I do that again, I will be a very, very good assistant, much more so than I was before, you know, when I was just yes. focused on the things that, that I didn't know uh, were, were going to be important later on. Yeah, no doubt. You'd, you'd be much more mindful of, of all the other things that are, that go on in this uh, in high school sports for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and as far as, you know, just 
you know, sticking with, you know, a lot of duties and things like that, you know, right now, you know, it's, we're getting close to, to start a football season. Uh, right. but the, you know, these summer days for us, you know, we're on contract, we're here, you know, we got our workouts and all that stuff. But uh, when, when you have your, your kind of, you know, more downtime where you're just having to do your own thing, how, how do you organize your day? How do you kind of uh, utilize your time in the summer to prepare for the upcoming season? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Cause, cause I know, I'm just like everybody else. As we get closer to summer, we all make our summer to do list, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to, you know, everything on this list before we start. And, and that's never the case um, (laughs) because things come up, but um, you know, I try to spend the majority of June um, just looking back and evaluating everything um, about our football program. How can we become more efficient? How can we become more effective? You know, what worked, what, what didn't work? Um, you know, looking at how we organize practice, how we, um, how, how was our situational football, you know, and then our third downs and our first downs, all, all the things that, that you look at in order to be a success, successful program. Um, you know, I, I try to get that done in June. Um, mm-hmm. you really try to take an in-depth look at, at our strength program. Are, are we doing what we need to be doing? Are our kids staying healthy? Um, you know, not only at the high school level, but at, at the middle school level, um, look at our yearly calendar is, is everything intact or can we be more organized? Can we, you know, be more efficient in one area? So um, I try to really focus on that in June and then July really start hammering the breakdown of our, our, you know, common opponents from the previous year. Hey, you know, with, with district play staying the same this year. So, um, you know, we have a, a lot of common opponents. So we start, I start getting with my coordinators and really take a look at, Hey, what, what could we have done better? Um, you know, in, in those games and what can we do in practice to start really working on those, what schemes and really things like that. So July's more of a, a opponent breakdown mm-hmm. and then June's more of a self-evaluation of our program. Yeah. yeah that's, that's good. That's a good, good format. I think kind of wrap up yeah. one and then get, get going on the next one. And then August, all the bullets start flying, man. Yeah. He's trying to trying to get by, you know. <laughs> you don't have time to think at that point. <laughs> uh, so how how involved are you with your middle schools? How many do you have that feed into you? So we're fortunate. We have two hundred percent feeders: um, okay. Tom Ball Junior, which is right across the street. Yep. And then Creekside Park, which is um, mm-hmm. you know about fifteen minutes from us, closer yeah, to the Woodlands yeah. area. And then there's a new. Uh, by our new stadium, Grand Lakes Junior High, we get about 10% of those kids. Okay. So right now we, we have two and about a third uh, feeder system, which is really good. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, saying that, it, it's it's difficult at times to, to be as visible as, as we need to be at, at all those campuses. But, you know, I, I try to, to be as connected with those kids as possible. Um you know, obviously the, the one across the street's real easy. Um, yeah. but, um, fortunately our, our coordinators are off in the afternoon. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be on those campuses, all three of those campuses as much as possible and start building that relationship with those kids. And, um, and you know how it is nowadays you get, you got to recruit your own kids first. Yes. So that's what, that's what, just to get them to stay. And so, uh, that's what we try to do. And, and it's, and you know, I don't take that responsibility lightly because that's, they're our future. Um, and so mm-hmm. we really try to try to connect with those kids as early as possible. You know, we, 
we have our um, seventh and eighth graders on campus during during the summer, so that really helps. Oh yeah, yeah, um, good. And so, um, just trying to spend as much time with those kids, and and really, really, I think another important part um, that some people might overlook is those junior high coaches are are just as important, you know, right. to get those guys bought in and get and really to make them feel that they're they play an important role. Um, they're just as important as we are, you know, as high school coaches. And so we really try to, to build those relationships with those coaches as well. And just, you know, make sure that know, they know that we're here for them. We're here to help them. Um, but at the same time, we appreciate all the hard work that they do as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to have, build a pipeline. That, sure. That's your future. That's, that's Absolutely. Gone are the days we can just say, you know, we'll, we'll coach them when they get here, you know, cause that's, and then they may yeah. not get there. Half of them may not get there exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and from a football sense, what, what would you say is your favorite scheme or play, and, and what is its purpose? <laughs> so that, that's a great question, and I'm a I'm a defensive guy, so mm-hmm. it's not really a, a certain scheme, but any anything that keeps the clock going, moves the chains, and keeps our defense off the field, I like it. I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, I truly believe that w- with the offenses these days and how that's evolved, it, it, you just have to keep those offenses off the field. And we really spend a lot of time looking at um, time of possession. You know, I, I think that's really important for us. Just, to, again, it, the longer our offense is on the field and the, the more snaps that, that we're out there on offense, that limits uh, – you know, the time and snaps for their offense. And obviously that's going to limit their, how many opportunities they have to put up with some points. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's who scores the most. And I think that gives us the best chance to win. And, and that's what we really try to follow. And we're really mindful of that throughout the week and in our game planning and in our game management on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, what, what's your, what's your, your favorite? If you, if you got the pick, what, what would your base defense be or your, your, your your defensive scheme. So I, I've always been a four down um, defensive team. Now, when, when I handed it over to my my DC, who actually played for me uh, when I was at Berkner, but he's more of a hybrid three four. Can we'll mix in some four three? Which you know, at the end of the day, it's really um, do you have four defensive linemen that you feel good uh, enough and trust to put out on the field? You know, that, that's the biggest thing with, with the four man front. So yeah. And we feel like we have that this year. So we'll um, – it, it, three, four, four, three, it all looks the same at the end of the day for the most part, you know, with, with how we personnel everything. But, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to stop the run first and, and, and occupy as many gaps up front as we can. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, make, make the team's going to beat us, make them throw, throw it around a little bit. Yeah. And that, that's why I asked it, you know, the question that way about, you know, if, if you got to choose, I know some, you know, some years you say, well, we don't have enough, you know, I, w- I want to be a four down front, but we don't have enough. So, so you right. have to adjust, you have to, you know, be, and, you know, like you said, we, we, with the offenses that we see now, it's, you know, you, you, you have to be multiple. There's no, I don't think anybody can just say, you know, I'm a four, three cover two team. And that's, you know, that's it. Like, that's all you do because, you know, they're, they're, it's it's not going to go well for you, if, you know, right? But that's that's kind of you know that was the the trend back back in the day. You know when you just the, that, this is your identity. That's that's what you did, and and, and you matched up with with whoever. But now I said everybody's doing so many different things on offense that you have to be able to stop. You know I, I think everybody's got some sort of multiple uh, yeah scheme to their 
Yeah, you have to be able to adjust that up for sure. And with the, you know, with the spread offenses and the, you know, the tempo and pace that they play. I mean, sometimes, you know, going into a week, having 40 linemen on the field isn't, isn't the best answer or the best fit. So you, um, you get those edge guys that can run a little bit, that can cover a little bit and, and still get, you know, get after the quarterback when you need it, uh, need to. I mean, those finding that type of kid is, is really difficult. Yeah. Uh, lucky if, if you got one, you know, and then yeah, <laughs> no everybody, everybody's fighting for him. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Um, so you know, football or outside, you know, on the field or off the field, what what are some trends that you see happening uh, in in our game in high school football right now, and and what direction do you think they're going to take it? Yeah, you know, the biggest trends that I see, and again, being a defensive guy, and you know, I, I got in in one and. You know, back in the day, you know, you'd have your goal boards and, and your goal defensively was, you know, hold the team under 17 points and you, feel, you felt pretty good about winning. And, and yeah. shoot. Now, now you fast forward to 2023, man, if you hold someone under 17 points in the first half, you feel so, <laughs> you know, and just the pace and the tempo um, and the number of snaps that, that, that we have to defend now in comparison to back in the day um, and I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. And just the amount of space that offenses now make you defend um, where those hybrid guys that, that, you know, multiple things are so important uh, in order to be a good defense. Um, and I think that the trend of that uh, is going to continue. Uh, I think the tempo and the pace of play is going to continue. Um, you know, I, I think the days of going back under center and, you know, that type of football, I mean, it, it's – I don't think we'll ever see that again. I mean, I know that in situational uh, – in some situations we might, but but just the yeah. spread offense and the pace I think is here to stay. Yeah, and it's because it's it, it, it kind of – it has evolved to where it's – it's still, you know, the same concept. You know, people are still using the same options, same oh you know, sure, same pass constant. You know, that stuff hasn't changed. It's just how you how you lay it out, how you set it up. You know, and and you know, not, I know a lot of teams now are going, you know, to do more, you know, H back motions and and things where you know we're trying to simplify the offenses to where the kids can know what they're doing. And then just you know, when you like, usually you'll have you know one or two kids that you can trust to handle you know, all the things you want to do. Cause you know, you watch a college offense or NFL offense and you think, Oh man, those guys are doing this and this and this, I want to do some of that. But you know, with our kids and everything they got going on, it's just not, not feasible for the most part to be able to say, Hey, okay, we're going to meet this long and we're going to do all this stuff to be able to have all these different personnel packages and different, you know, things. So, you know, what, what I've seen is that most people kind of will try to simplify things as much as possible. And then, they they'll have the one you know the one fullback H back guy that, that's you know the real smart kid with the quarterback and they're the ones that are able to shift and do the motions and right. uh, to so now you're dressing things up to look different you know and still be able to run just the same basic concepts that you're familiar and that you trust um, and yeah. so, so a, a lot a lot of people are kind of going that way with the offense and so it just it's gonna have to catch up on the other side yeah no they're, they're, and yet, I think you made a great point. It, the concepts and the schemes hadn't changed. It's still, you know, the RPO game, it's still option football, mm-hmm. but it's how teams are doing it now, how fast they're doing it, how, you know, how multiple are, are they doing it? You know, that the H back is such a dynamic position where, you know, that kid has got to be able to block, catch, catch the ball to the backfield and do so many things that, I mean, those, those kids are hard to find. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. 
Um, so if, if you, you know, as you look back in your career, uh, can, can you narrow down who you would say the top three high school players you've been able to watch in person are? Well, I'm kind of biased because you got you got kids that you coach that they are super talented and going and have some success. So I was fortunate to coach Akib Talib at Berkner. Okay, a- and he went on to played at Kansas, and actually Kansas was the only uh, you know Division one offer that he had, and had some success there, and then went on and, and had a a really good NFL career. So. Uh, keeps definitely at the top of my list. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, my defensive coordinator played, played for me. So if I didn't mention him, he'd kill me. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw, throw him out there. Hugo Chinasa played DN for us at Berkner and just, um, it's an unbelievable athlete, athletic, tall, uh, great motor, just I mean, made plays on all over the field. Um, wound up playing at Oklahoma State and then he played in the NFL for, for, uh, four years or so. So definitely got to, got to throw my man Hugo on there. Um, and then uh, being an Aggie, um, when I was at Galena Park, Travion Williams was the running back at C. King. Uh-huh. And, I mean, we still hadn't touched him. I mean, it, it, <laughs> he, he was, he's unbelievable. Um, and, and he's an even better kid, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I mean, as long as I've coached and in as many years and many kids that you come across and the talent, it's, it's hard to narrow down to three yeah, uh, to be course. honest with you, but uh, those three definitely stand out. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's why I love the question because, you know, I, I could say top 10, top 20. Oh man. Yeah. Would have their list. You know, it, it'd be easier, you know, uh, but, I, it, you know and it's funny cause I actually got the, I got, I coached against the other Trey Williams, the one from Decaney. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. A few years before, you know, so when, I remember when, when I heard, when I first heard about, you know, the Travion Williams from CE King, I was like, okay, you know, that's, that's a familiar name. And, you know, it turned out to be, you know, just as good of a, of a runner. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. No, he did. Uh, he was special for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so now Tomball, Tomball, Texas. Yeah. I was, I was very fortunate that that was my, my second coaching job was at, at Tomball high school uh, way back in, in 05, 06. And so I'm, you know, I, I used to live in that area. I'm very familiar yeah. with with the the town. I, I I love it. You know, that was yeah. one of my favorite districts to work for. Uh, so you know, you've been there, like I said, since 2017. Uh, what what are some of the things that make the community of Tomball a special place? Yeah, I mean, there there's so many things that, that stand out, and and it's a special place, as you know. Um, it has that that small town feel, which which is you know super special um they're they're so supportive of everything that that goes on at the high school not even not only from the athletic standpoint but just your know, fine arts program all of, all of uh you know our ffa is really big here so um you know the community embraces everything that that's going on with the high school uh there's that sense of pride uh in, in tomball that's really special uh, the tradition, you know, of of excellence, not not only athletically but academically, uh, I think is really big here. Um, you know, the the people ever since I've been here have been great to me and my family. And um, you know, we had the the tragedy last summer with, that happened to the Collins family, and um, you know, just the just like they always do, the community stepped up big and just they're all about serving others. And, and, and that's what really makes Tomball a special place. And, and, you know, especially in times of need when, 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 when situations like that, unfortunately happen that, you know, you can always count on, on the people in the community of Tomball to, to step up. 
um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Tom Ball. You know, it's probably the number one reason that I'm still here, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And I, I love it. I've always have, you know, since I was, since I was there, I've, I've just always thought it was a, a very special place. You know, it's got, you know, a lot of history, a lot of, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, just the, the small town feel where, where they, they like to, you know, they like to keep that going. I mean, it's, it's, you can't tell the difference now. You go from, from downtown Houston, you know, and, and find your way to 249 and, and you don't know where Houston ends and Tomball begins, but, uh, but, it, but it really does kind of, kind of take a lot of pride in, in its history and, and, uh, and, and who, who they are. Yeah, no doubt. It, and, but, you know, I, I was fortunate to coach both of my boys, uh, and they graduated from Tomball and, um, you know, when, when, and they're, they're playing football up in Iowa right now. And, uh, you know, and we're up visiting in Iowa and even, you know, even though they can relate to this, when people ask us where we're from, it's not Houston, it's, you know, it's Tomball. Mm, yes. Um, and, and I think everyone that lives in Tomball, you know, would say the same thing that they say that because they're, it's such a special place to, to, to be a part of. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now my, my final question, uh, and this is, you know, kind of what the whole podcast was based on is, is just the idea of how much, what, what a rich tradition, uh, Houston area high school football has. Uh, and, and, you know, most, a lot of our guests actually have been, you know, people like me that, that have spent their time playing and coaching career here in the Houston area. But, you know, you, you get the benefit of, of having, having grown up somewhere else and, and coached somewhere else before you right. came here. So, uh, how would you explain Houston area football and its legacy to somebody who's never been around it? You know, having the opportunity to, to play and coach in Dallas and, you know, this being year 10 for me in Houston and being a part of you know, Houston high school football and my, my buddies in Dallas probably kill me. So hopefully this doesn't air in <laughs> Dallas at any point. But, you know, I, I would say that that um, in Houston that, that we have the opportunity to coach and play against the, the best athletes in the country, uh, the best high school athletes in the country. And I truly believe that. Um, I think that there, the amount of competitive teams uh, in Houston is really special. The, the amount of really, really good coaches um, that, that we get to uh, you know, share this profession with and compete against, uh, I think, um, you know, second to none. And that's what I think you know, makes Houston high school football so special, just, be, just because of the, the coaches, the, the competitive, how things how many schools and, and coaches do things the right way um, and just the, the support that, that we get from, uh, you know, our communities, you know, Tom Ball obviously is really special, but, but there's, you know, others that, that feel as, um, you know, prideful and have that tradition and are so excited about, uh, you know, high school football and what it means and what it means to communities. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. And, and I think that it's, uh, you know, they just, it, it's, it's so concentrated. So many, so many, so many high schools here, you know, but, it, but it's not, uh, it doesn't feel like it's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I saw this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, somebody asked the question, you know, that besides Katie and North shore, you know, that are obviously like the elite programs, you know, who are the next, you know, best five, whatever number uh, programs in the Houston area. And, you know, the list of, names that were even mentioned, you know, as, as you kind of look at a map and just see the, the great programs that we have here, you know, that, you know, I said, obviously not quite to that level of, of Acadia or North Shore yet, but uh, I mean, just, you know, all over the city, all, you know, every, every side of town just had a couple of, of ones that you, you could put in that conversation, you know, of like right. one of the top programs in, in the area, you know, but there's just so much talent, so much coaching. Yeah. It's, 
uh, and, and it makes it fun. It makes it fun week to week, you know, to, um, to, to get to compete against, you know, all these very talented and, and very well coached teams. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, I just look at, um, and, and I saw that same question and, and you start scratching your head sometimes when like, golly, I, my list would be a little different. I mean, just because <laughs> so many teams, you know, I just look at the teams we play on our schedule. Yeah. You know, the Klein Collins, the, the Klein Canes, the Dawson's, I mean, the Stratford, just, just teams like that, that, I mean, to me that, that they, they deserve to be on that list for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, uh, well, coach, uh, you know, this has been a tremendous conversation. I, I appreciate uh, yeah. your time. I want to thank you for joining us and sharing all your thoughts with our audience. It's been an honor to get to learn from you. And I definitely look forward to continuing to watch you and your team this season. Absolutely, man. Well, I wish you the best too, coach. And again, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. If you have a recommendation for a guest to have on the Houston Coaches Podcast that can help us continue to impact young men and women through the power of positive coaching, please email your suggestion to HoustonCoachesPod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at CoachesHouston and send us your suggestions there. You can catch a new episode every Friday on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Houston Coaches Podcast, presented by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Our theme song is In the Battle of Good and Evil by Ryan Davis, a former high school football coach. Please subscribe to our show and leave us a review so we can continue to spread our message to a larger audience. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation about Houston area football and its impact on all those privileged to be a part of it.